is Anne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. As many of the listeners to the podcast may know, I'm a huge fan of Joseph Campbell, who was a professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence College, and he was also a mythologist and lived from 1904 to 1987. I will put a link to the Joseph Campbell Foundation website into the podcast notes so you all can wander around over there and see what resonates most with you. One of the reasons I'm a big fan of mythology in general is that it is such an inventive and entertaining way to explain something about the world, get a point across about a situation and or get your own imagination soaring. This last one, I admit, is my most favorite one. The books that I own by Joseph Campbell are The Hero's Journey and Goddesses, the latter being one that I just delight and savor like a good piece of chocolate in reading before I drift off to sleep at night, simply because I love a good story and I especially enjoy a good storyteller, one who doesn't bury the lead, if you will, and who brings in other mini plot lines so that the whole story becomes a rich woven tapestry with lovely shimmering threads of silver and gold glinting through the blackish red and the slate-tinged purples, and perhaps swirling through with levity, and this is the entertaining part, of course, the part where a great storyteller understands that in order for a myth and or a story and its requisite metaphors to be actually applied by humans, it must hook us in some way into the storyline. Much the same way, of course, except in longer form, that a good book does. And for me, the subject matter to a certain extent matters less than how it's written about, to be honest. I'm actively and genuinely curious about most things because I am in love with this planet so, so very much. How it works, how it balances out all of its moods and energies so that all can continue to thrive should they choose to do so. As Rollo May stated, a myth is a way of making sense in a senseless world. Myths are narrative patterns that give significance to our existence. May was an existential psychologist whose quote I ran across when I was searching for quotes about myths for my Twitter feed, however long I'll be on there. TBD. And of course, a good story, a good myth, a good metaphor is all about the what now? (laughs) Y'all are going to get tired of this game. Say it with me, the spelling. The sounds and the attached meanings that literally shape energy out of thin air so that our brains can understand the point of the whole myth of the story. And as Oblio and Arrow know, 
it is all about the point. <laughs> and as the rock man chimed in, we see what we want to see and we hear what we want to hear. That's how powerful words are and how important spelling is. The definition of myth in human interpretation, because to be clear, and the animals so want me to be nothing but crystal clear here, animals have no myths or otherwise methods to tell them something they wonder about, which in turn causes them to actually wonder, how is it that you need the planet explained to you? Does she not speak loudly enough for you to hear her at all times? How is it that you need the elements explained, or ourselves for that matter? And at this point, quite honestly, they're getting a bit upset, verging into apoplectic. <laughs> so I'll tell them that I understand, and on your behalf that you understand, their concern for our always labeling ourselves the sharpest knife in the drawer, so to speak, when quite clearly we're not the sharpest knife. Back to the dictionary we go. The definition of myth, according to humans, is a usually traditional story of ostensibly historical events that serves to unfold part of the worldview of a people or explain a practice, belief, or natural phenomenon under creation myths like a parable or an allegory. The next definition is a popular belief or tradition that has grown up around something or someone, especially the utopian myth, for instance, of a perfect society. Another definition might be an unfounded or false notion, as in the myth of racial superiority. And finally, the last definition, a person or thing having only an imaginary or unverifiable existence. Inherent, it seems, even in the definition of myth, is moving all the way from the place of seeming usefulness of explaining to our species a worldview of a different culture or a natural phenomenon, again, useful, all the way down to a person or a thing having only an imaginary or unverifiable existence. And with those words uttered right here, right now, you can imagine who's banging on the door. All shapes and sizes of the fae, as in the fairy, come in, the unicorns, and all of their fabulous iridescent colors, the dragons, fires banked, only because they understand they're here to support our understanding of a human myth. And actually, if we look to the right or the left, we might find Zeus, Apollo, and Hades, as well as Hester, Bastest, and Athena. Which is interesting because it's Athena coming in last, as if to underscore the point of the purpose of a myth after all. Wisdom and or knowledge, the two of course being quite different from each other, and the goddess herself meaning to impart the existence of both. It is one thing, is it not, she asks us to consider, having the knowledge of how something works, and then again the wisdom to accept how the knowledge may be used or not used, emphasis on the latter, to impact the world in a neutral and clarifying way to the benefit of all. The characters in our myths, after all, whether you've experienced them or not, were created out of words. Our spelling, as a matter of fact, molded the existing energy just so, 
as to breathe life into all of them. And so I would just say heads up for who may be coming your way with the message now that you've stepped into that space. Which is how I take myths generally, both in a knowledge and a wisdom kind of way, I think. Because truth be told, I'm still in human experience, just like all y'all. And if I can use the metaphors, the definition of which is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase literally denoting one kind of object or idea is used in the place of another to suggest a likeness or analogy between them, as in drowning in money. Another definition is figurative language that are, of course, part and parcel of a myth to get my brain engaged. And then further, my intuition defined as master language of energy interpreter put to use, which has always been a win-win for me. And as I may have disclosed before, I'm a bit of a skeptic, to which my guides would immediately weigh in with a, a bit, <laughs> exclamation points included. I perceive that's where the knowledge comes in, say, for instance, when my frenemy science recently declared that B actually enjoys playing with balls and may even like to play, as in have the sentience for enjoyment of play, and as well when said frenemy also declared that rat moves to a certain beat in music the same way that humans do. The skeptic in me, which I admit will likely not ever be non-existent, nor will it ever be separated from the energy of animals, can look at this information, this data, with a clear eye and say, this doesn't apply to either bee or rat for me, and so it is not knowledge that I will choose to use. Which dovetails nicely, I think, into the wisdom part, so that other than share these posts with a rolled eye emoji and point out what science is dramatically underestimating about animals, I won't see a part of these myths as having any wisdom to share of the affirmative nature. Certainly of the contrast nature, I will share freely. <laughs> and perhaps that's the point the animals say, that so many humans miss with myths and with other things of the shared animal experience on Earth. Every contrast has a light side of which you may make use of it if it suits you better, and vice versa. Myths are such things of which we may make use, including their, let's face it, exuberant contrast, thinking of the Greek and Roman myths, incest and all, because they illuminate the contrast itself as being a partner to the light. Because everything and everyone is in partnership with everything and everyone else in the universe, right? The earth is in partnership with both the sun and the moon, who are in partnership within the solar system, in partnership within the Milky Way, and the whole rest of the multiverse. And within these partnerships, just like predator and prey, there is no separation. Which, of course, humans like to do so very much. <laughs> we like to separate out what we like or think we like from what we don't like and or reject. I think it's interesting to note that the things we like, such as perhaps gathering together with a like-minded community such as science or religion, and promoting what we think works for us and in essence saves us, if you will, from whatever we fear or don't like in human experience, doesn't really matter what that is. We'll, we'll be at the forefront of what we like 
And we would consider that to be air quotes of light. The contrast is not usually recognized as a partner to this light. And if it is addressed at all, it can be, oh yeah, yeah, this doesn't work after all. Scientific discovery or experimentation of a failure, is there, is there really such a thing after all? And or in religion of whatever you do, stay far, far away from this thing, this evil that separates you regardless of your being separated anyway, from that which you will never reach because you're alive anyway, because you were born imperfect and therefore saved only by baptism. Just a reminder, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> and even then, you'll still struggle to get there. Having to say umpteen Hail Marys and bless me, Father, for I have sinned before you exit stage left. In other words, we don't like having to deal with both at once because it destroys the facets of all that certain myths we've come to know and love and built our lives around. We perceive that tainting, perhaps, the light with the contrast as a partnership that we're actually also destroying the light along with it. And darn it, we need more than the other. And so out with the contrast. And of course, the same occurs in reverse with those myths of contrast of lessons. And I have to tell you, that's a word that I perceive to be so punitive that I refuse to ever phrase anything in human experience as a lesson, especially when it comes to the human experience structure of spirituality. And yes, in fact, it is a human structure of spirituality. That is an entirely other podcast. I promise we will get to that. In using the word lesson, what that means is that it's a given that this is not a benevolent universe, and it's all we can do to stay alive. The same goes for pulling oneself up by the bootstraps. By everyone having to pay their dues before you get the rewards of which you are so surely deserving. And on and on it goes, I'm likely missing some, so substitute your own human myth slash belief system here that frankly has no knowledge or wisdom to share with you and are truly, I would submit, a last definition of myth. A theory created by the structure of human experience specifically designed to keep one separated from their own eternal galactic visitor status and meant to keep one firmly within the human experience structure only for the purposes of control. So that measuring up to the Joneses and the Smiths of the world, never mind anyone else with whom you have a soul contract in this lifetime or another, is all you can focus on. Because it's only by employing, the universe would substitute the word imploding, which I find pithy, actually, and funny, words, thoughts, and actions of hard work and never feeling worthy of whatever your heart desires and your highest and best good is the only way by which you'll get to wherever the light for you resides. Because, of course, that's different for everyone. It truly is by seeing the light partnership of these myths and or removing the curse per se of separation that we may also actually see the light, pun intended. Paying one's dues with a light partnership may mean starting at an entry-level position within a corporation and because you want to see how every single department within that structure works. And as, for example, someone who delivers the mail. You want to learn knowledge and begin to apply that knowledge as wisdom should you either continue in that position for many years or you choose 
another keyword to move to a different position. Or you start at the CEO position. It doesn't matter. The same goes for pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and not asking, expecting, wanting support. There's a bit of an elitist wash to this of, well, I didn't have any help, so you can't have any either, i.e. the current status of student forgiveness loans, which fits in with paying your dues. Everyone has to pay them, so you should too. And I would suggest, let's stop shooting on ourselves, okay? And all along, your choice about where to focus and not fall victim to, and we may very well substitute the word pray here, so not falling prey to the structure of being a victim, which is what duality think and human centrism wants. Do you want to apply everything gained in knowledge that you can, and are you happy with doing it yourself? It is always your choice. What a mythologist like Joseph Campbell did does so well is to illuminate and show the unity of where the contrast contained in the myth and the place where humans tend to get stuck because it isn't what we like. The contrast partners with the light. So it becomes a full circle of a great storytelling and a way to take wherever it is on your path you are and celebrate the ending of the past by shedding light on the future. Newsflash, the animals would say, that's how this world works in its fixed design. There is no light without contrast and no contrast without light. Seeing the stars only because of the darkness sort of thingy. We get stuck in the contrast part of the myth of paying dues, bootstraps, and shudder lessons because we've cut it out of our normal cycle. When we add it back in, we begin to see the pleasure we can take at the full, complete journey and know that we're supported every step of the way. A few of Campbell's quotes from The Hero's Journey come to mind. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. We must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And the final one. If you can see your whole path laid out in front of you step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path you make with every step you take. That's why it's your path. He would also advocate for and in fact coined the phrase, follow your bliss. On this planet, that doesn't mean only follow the light. The animals say that it means unifying with the whole of the planet and every other earthling in partnership and balance because naturally, they see follow your bliss as something quite different than a fair number of humans do. The only thing that matters is if you're happy. And as our Buckminster Fuller would put it, quote, How can I be of service to you without diminishing your degrees of freedom? The minute you begin to the minute be, the minute you begin to do what you really want to do, it's a really different kind of life. End quote. And at least according to the animals, they couldn't have said it better themselves. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, for a while, (laughs) Instagram, and LinkedIn.
I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy and online psychic fairs. Tune in in two weeks' time where the next message from our animal ambassador awaits. It's from Starling and the message is listen. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.